Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. We thank Jess for the courage that it takes to share her story. Thank you, Jess. And maybe as, as she was sharing her story, maybe you got a little glimpse, maybe of some of yours, something you might have experienced for those of you who have some history or some relationship uh, with the church. I'm so glad that you're, you're here. My name is Jared. I'm one of the lead pastors here, and I want to welcome those of you who are in the room. Take a deep breath. You're here. And we say this every week. It just hits different in the room, doesn't it? It just hits it's different. And, and so we're just glad that you went through all you went through to get here today. I'm glad you're here. And for those of you who are worshiping with us online, we're so glad that you carved out this time as well. Uh, we are amazed at how God uses all this technology. I think it was two weekends ago, someone came up to Jeannie. She was saying hi. Her and I were saying hi to folks out in the lobby. And she came up the stairs. She goes, I can't believe it's you, you know, which is, I think, how Jeannie wants me to greet her every morning, you know. And, 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 and she began to tell us that she, she lives in another country, like far, far, far away. And she's been watching online. Her parents sent her the link to this church. And so she's been watching the last two years. And so she planned a vacation to come to Chicago so that she could go to Soul City Church in person. How crazy is that? How cool is that? I can't believe it's you, Jeannie. I can't believe it's you. So we're so glad. So let us know. Uh, shout out in the comment section where you're joining us from. Uh, we always love to see how God is moving. Now, last week, John kicked off our series, The Search for Church, with a fantastic message on what it is that the church is really to be about and, and what it is that we're really looking for in a church. And if you, you missed it, you can catch up on our YouTube channel or, or you can listen on our podcast. And, and this week, what I want to do is go a little bit further. I want us uh, to talk about something, sadly, that the church does but doesn't talk about. Something that you may be familiar with but may not know what to, to do with. Something, let me be really clear about this, something that was not from God but may have kept you from God. This weekend, what we're going to explore is is what do you do with the hurt that you experienced at church? We just heard in Jess's story. What do you do with the hurt that you experienced in church? Now, let me just be really clear. Unless this is your very first week at any church ever, and then after today, you never go to church for the rest of your life, you're probably going to get hurt at church at some point. It's just inevitable. In some kind of way, you're going to get hurt either in or by a church, in or by this church, as much as we don't want that to be true. It just, it just is. You spend enough time in relationship with the church, and you're going to end up in some way getting hurt by the church. Cool. <laughs> Super uplifting message, Pastor. Like, aren't you glad you made your way to church today? Just, you're going to get hurt. Buckle up. That doesn't feel great, does it? And that's not at all what I'm here to say today. But I want to be honest. I want to be honest about how this can happen and what we can do when it does. And the reason I want us to dive into this this weekend is because I want you to know if and when you are hurt by the church, what you can do. And what God can do and how you can find God in the midst of what may be some serious and significant wounds in your life. I want you to know 
where to find and how to experience the healing and the hope that God has for you, even when you've been hurt by the church. So that's why we're talking about it. It's important that we actually talk about this this weekend. And I feel like I have to just say this at the top. We're going to get into the text here in a minute. I feel like I have to just say that, that I get for some of us, even me mentioning what we're going to talk about today about church hurt may be incredibly triggering for you or difficult for you to process or even hear me talk about, to hear a pastor specifically of a church talk about church hurt. Uh, I, I can just tell you for whatever it's worth, I can't think of a message, at least in a long, long time, that I haven't handled more carefully and prayerfully than this message. My heart is tender for those who've been hurt by the church and simultaneously full of hope for the healing that God has for the hurt that happened in your life and the healing that God wants to do actually through this church. I believe God wants to do a work of healing today in this church and in your life. And I'm gonna do the best that I can to, to humbly express the heart of God and to confidently express the heart of God to you in my limited and, and lacking words. I, I wanna do that. So I, I wanna pray and then we're gonna get into it, okay? And here's how we're gonna pray. We're just gonna take a breath with God. Does that make sense? So if you could just close your eyes and open your hands, we're just gonna take a breath and then we're gonna get into it. So just, yeah, we acknowledge God that you have something for each of us today. Amen. Amen. Well, if you, if you know me or if you've been around this church for a little bit, you've probably heard me say that I have some history with church. Like I have a long-term relationship. I've been in a long-term relationship with church. You may have heard me say that I grew up as a kid. I grew up in church. Like I spent a lot of time in church. Like I was like, I was church, church. You know what I say when I say I'm church, church? I didn't, I, like there's some people who just go to church. No, I was church, church. I'm one of those kind of people. That was me. I was church, church. Like I was there on Sunday morning, right? Then I was back again on Sunday night. Then I came back again on Wednesday night. Why? Because even church has to have a hump day. So I was like, I was in it to win it at everything you could do in my church. Awana, you betcha. VBS, you know this. Handbell choir, man, I was on that like white on gloves. I was in everything. I was church, church. Did anyone here, did anyone grow up church, church? Raise your hand if you were up church, church. You were around some church, girl. okay. Okay, so those of us, we're going to form a support group afterwards. You understand. You understand what I'm talking about. So this church that I grew up at, it was in California where I grew up, and, and uh, it's the church that introduced me to Jesus. Thank God. Changed the course of my life. They introduced me to Jesus. They taught me how to read the Bible. They taught this little guy how to pray. <laughs> they even got me uh, rapture ready just in case. I was always ready. I was ready to go. It could happen at any time. Like there's other stuff they did. So I'm so, great. I'm so grateful for this church, right? I'm so grateful for this church. And so when I was 19, I had one of those, I don't know, one of those moments I can count on probably on like one, two hands, like where I really felt like I heard from God. And at 19 years old, I felt like it was clear that God was leading me into full-time pastoral ministry. I was going to be a pastor. That was not the plan that I had for my life. And so I went to one of the pastors of the church. I said, I think this is what God is doing. And they then laid out a plan for me. They said, well, that's wonderful. We have a plan for you. We see you being one of the pastors at this church. One day. They kind of laid out a 10-year plan for a 19-year-old kid to be a pastor at their church. They wanted me there at that church. What an honor that was for me at the church that I'd grown up at. 
And I'll never forget uh, in a meeting that I was having with one of the, the pastors there, I shared with them how excited I was because I had been accepted to a Christian university here in Chicago and that I'd be transferring within a couple months that fall. And I was so excited to go and begin this journey of, you know, stepping into pastoral ministry. And I'll never forget this pastor who had been such a force in my life, such a voice in my life that I'd known my whole life. As I sat across from their desk, an obnoxiously large desk, and I was telling them that I was going to go to this Christian university, they looked me in the eye, and I'll never forget. I remember exactly where I was. They said, Jarrett, why do you think God would lead you away from us? Why would God take you away from your church? That doesn't sound like God to me. That doesn't sound like something God would do. And then he said this, Jarrett, how do you know you're not listening to the voice of the devil? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just say the devil? The devil is leading me to a Christian university? I mean, I know he's crafty, but that don't make sense. And I knew at 19, leaving that meeting, that I'd be leaving that church. I wouldn't go back for the rest of my life. I was never a part of that, that church that had been such a part of my life. Wouldn't go back for the rest of my life. And I had to begin to put the pieces together of how this place that I loved so much, that had formed me so much, this pastor that I loved so much could hurt me so much. And what I learned from that experience and so many more experiences throughout my long history with the church and what I've seen reiterated in every relationship that I have with a human being is this simple concept that I want to just set some context for, for what we're talking about today. And it's simply this. Churches, like people, are mixed bags. Churches, like people, we're mixed bags, right? We're just like, I'm holding this mixed bag of Chicago mixed popcorn. Y'all know what Chicago mix this mix is, right? You got to have, you got the savory, you got the sweet, and then the plain. Why did they put plain in here? Get rid of the plain, right? We're a mixed bag. Churches like people, we're just a, we're just a mixed, we're a mixed bag. No, no person is all one thing or the other. You know that, don't you? No person is all good or all bad. And churches like people can be sources of great healing and redemption and purpose. And churches can be places for some of our greatest pain and wounds and hurts. It's because we're a mixed bag. And while this in no way excuses how churches can hurt people, maybe it helps explain it. That churches like people... We're just mixed bags. And if, and if we're ever going to experience the fullness and the healing that God has for each and every one of our hurts, including our church hurts, I think it would be important for us to explore just how it is that churches can hurt people, how it is maybe that you have been hurt by a church. Because it's important to understand that not all hurt is the same. You know that, right? Not all hurt is the same. So it's important to understand what we're talking about. Like last week, I was opening something up and a container, and I got a, a significant splinter in my thumb. Significant. Like, it was in so deep, I was like, I guess I'm living with this for the rest of my life. This is a part of me now. It's integrated. And so it hurt. You know how that feels, right? It really, really, really hurt. But when I got that splinter, I didn't call 911. I didn't say, I need to see a doctor. I was like, well, get some tweezers? I don't really know. Like, this, it hurts. 
But when I tore my ACL twice, the same knee, within four years, that one was different. That required surgery. That required months of physical therapy. Both of them hurt, but I treated them differently. Does that make sense? So it's important for us to understand what we're talking about when we talk about church hurt. So let's take a second just to unpack real quickly some of the ways that people are hurt by church and people can hurt each other with in the church. And the first one I want to mention is we're going to kind of look at a spectrum. We're going to start all the way over here. And the first one I would mention, we can just call it personal opinion. And I want to clarify what I mean by that, because I think lots of times we assume this is church hurt, but I want to be clear about it. Personal opinion. What do I mean by that? It's aspects of a church or individuals within a church that you don't like or align with. It's personal opinion. All right. What do I mean by this? Uh, It could mean that there is a pastor that you've never met or a church that you've never even been to, but you don't like them for some reason, because of something they've done or something they've said or some position they have that you saw somehow on the internet, you don't like that church. And again, you have no context maybe or even a relationship with them. Or it could be like you don't like the music or particular style of music within a church. Or you don't like the way that the pastor preaches in a particular church. Or you don't like the way they do groups. Or you don't like the way they do outreach. Or you don't like how their staff looks. You think it should look sort of a different way. Or you don't like a particular interpretation that they have of the Bible or a position that they've taken as a church. Or you don't like how they do baptism. That's not how we did baptism when I grew up at my church. That's not how we do communion. I don't like how they do communion. I don't understand. It's kind of weird to me. Now, these are things that don't necessarily personally affect you because you're at a distance from them. They're so often what they are is just the the stuff of personal preference. It's not what you like or what you are used to or how you would do it. And if you've ever read a negative Yelp review, you kind of know what I'm talking about. I want to be really, really, really clear. It's good that you have opinions. It's good that you have convictions it's okay to have preferences, but we have to just make sure that we understand that just because a church doesn't hold the same ones as you doesn't make them bad. Does that make sense? So that's over here. That's personal opinion. And then, and then what we want to talk about just for a second, I just want to say, let me say one more thing about personal opinions. Can I just say this last thing? When it comes to personal opinions, they're fine. They're good. They're even right to have, but can we just agree to not make small things, big things when it comes to our opinions? I think this is where we get into so much trouble. That's where I get in so much trouble. I make small things big things. I make things that don't affect me all about me. So let's just agree like, hey, I'm just going to put this in the category. It's personal opinion. That's all this really is. Okay, so that's one thing. Then we're going to talk about church hurt. I did a lot of study and read a lot to, like I said, be prepared for this time. And there are a lot of different opinions on how to wrap your arms around what it is that is church hurt. But I just, I put this together to maybe help guide our time together. Church hurt is simply hurt caused by a church or its leaders, either intentionally or unintentionally, to anyone within or outside that church. Now, again, this can take lots of different forms. What do I mean when I say church hurt? It can look like uh, marginalization or rejection of specific people, of you maybe, or of people groups. Again, either intentionally or unintentionally. It can look like the betrayal of trust when things are shared in confidence with someone from the church, and then those things are shared as gossip with others from the church. And maybe those of you who are church, church experience some of that. It can look like church leaders misusing their power or their authority or their trust or their influence or church finances. 
It can be a change in the church's beliefs or practices that then kind of leaves you sort of on the outside or not sure where you fit. It can come from a church split. That's where a church just cannot seem to get along, and so they break apart. Again, I said I had a long history of churches. I've been through two church splits in my life where literally half the folks just left and went and started another church. A lot of church hurt around that. It can come from those who are in power, and it can come from those who aren't necessarily in a position of power. And this is what we're going to spend the majority of our time talking about together this weekend. So I want you to hold on to that idea, that framework of church hurt. But I also want to name that there is another more harmful form of church hurt that exists. And I just want to say just a word about it. And that is spiritual abuse. And it happens far too often. Spiritual abuse. Now it's different from the previous two that we just talked about in the nature of the pain that it causes. What do I mean when I say spiritual abuse? Well, spiritual abuse is a pattern of misuse and abuse of power connected to spiritual authority. It's that pattern. It's intentional. And and it directly affects and impacts people's lives. This can look like manipulating the Bible as a form of power or control. You know, kind of, we heard it a little bit in Jess's story, you know, taking parts of the Bible and kind of manipulating it to maintain control. It can manifest in an unhealthy culture of loyalty or allegiance to the leaders or the leadership. Or anytime a leader coerces you to do something against your will, or when a leader shames you, anytime a spiritual leader shames you, or humiliates you, or lies, or you've been gaslit by a leader, that's spiritual abuse. It can take the form of emotional abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, and even sexual abuse. And it's important that we name it for what it is. It's abuse. And it's important that we try and as best we can sort of see the difference and and the distinction between spiritual abuse and, and church hurt. And you can see kind of how even some of them overlap a little bit. Maybe, maybe, this, maybe this will help. All, all spiritual abuse is a form of church hurt, but not all church hurt is a form of spiritual abuse. Does that, does that help a little bit? Like all spiritual abuse is church hurt in its most extreme and devastating state. But not all church hurt is to the level of spiritual abuse. And, and the reason why it's helpful to know the difference is so that you can actually pursue the healing that you need for the hurt, the wounds that you may be carrying. And as I've carried each of you, and I've carried this message in my heart and in my mind and in my prayer for the last month or so, uh, I know that I want to be really clear that this right here, where we are right now, this time and this space is not the right forum for us to really go into the deep damage that can be done by spiritual abuse. There's just far too much that needs to be unpacked and named and handled with care and held and healed by God to accomplish in this time and space. And in a little bit, I'm going to tell you about a space that we've created that can help you do just exactly that. It's the right sacred space to do just exactly that. But for now, for anyone, for everyone, whether you're here in the room, whether you're watching online, who's carried the wounds or scars of spiritual abuse, I just want you to know and hear from God's heart as best you can through my limited and lacking words, that abuse that you suffered 
breaks the very heart of God. It, it breaks God's heart. It was not his plan. That was not from him. And it breaks my heart when people in positions like mine abuse their authority to harm others. And I want to be really clear. For those of you who've suffered spiritual abuse, can I just, what was done to you was wrong. It was wrong, period. No matter what you've been told or what they tried to convince you of or what you may have believed, it should not have happened. And it's not your fault. Any abuse suffered of any kind is never your fault. It's not your fault. You didn't bring this on yourself. You didn't deserve this. It's not because you weren't a good enough Christian. It's not because you didn't give enough or show up enough. It was abuse, period. And you need to know you are not alone. And you are not without hope, not by a long shot. And our hope is that in some way, God would use this imperfect church as a place for your healing as it has been for so many people in this church. And again, this space and this time is not best for that kind of healing. So we're not going to spend a lot more time together talking about spiritual abuse. But what we can talk about, just for the next few minutes, what I want us to go after is what we talked about just a second ago, that, that category of church hurt. Remember when we talked about that a second ago, of church hurt. Specifically, what do you do when the church has hurt you? Or let me, there's a better way of saying that. What can God do when the church has hurt you? That's more important. What can God do when the church has hurt you? I want to just give you a picture of what God can do and what you can do when the church has hurt you. So grab a Bible and open to Luke chapter eight, if you would. Luke chapter eight. Now listen, if you're here in this room, there should be a Bible available to you either on the armrest, you probably knocked it over in the balcony or under your seat. And you can turn to page 840 in the Soul City Bible. That'll get you to Luke chapter eight. If you're worshiping with us online, just open up a tab or your phone to Luke chapter eight. We're going to start at verse 42. Let me give you some quick context as you're turning to page 840 in the Soul City Bible. Uh, Jesus is well into his public ministry. Uh, he's gathered, like, you know, gathered quite a crowd around him. People, the word is out about him. People are, are coming from far and wide to, to see him, to hear him, to touch him. And in this moment that we come to in Luke chapter 8, Jesus, this is important, Jesus is coming from healing a man who was possessed by a demon and he's on his way to healing the daughter, the sick daughter of one of the religious leaders in his community. So Jesus is coming from healing someone and he's on his way to healing someone. And then we see this in Luke chapter eight. Let's start in verse 42. It says this, as Jesus was on his way, like we just said a second ago, the crowds almost, what does it say in your Bible? The crowds almost what? Crushed him. They're pressing in on him. The crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, an internal bleeding for 12 years, but no one could cure her. No one could heal her. So she came up behind Jesus and she touched the edge of his cloak. And it says, what does it say? Immediately, immediately her bleeding stopped. Now we're going to keep going, but this is a powerful moment. Remember, Jesus is on his way from healing someone, on his way to healing someone, and in the middle, he heals someone because that's who Jesus is. 
text says that this was a woman, and in fact, she's not even given a name, which was in keeping with her condition. She had the lowest societal status. The text says that she'd been bleeding for almost 12 years. Odds are medically it was some sort of internal bleeding that just would not stop. In fact, the gospel writer Mark tells the story and fills in a few more details and says that she had spent all of her money on cures only to end up more sick. So on top of her physical suffering, there is also financial suffering. But that's not all, because according to Mosaic law, according to her religion, someone with her condition was actually considered unclean, which meant she was forbidden from taking any part in any form of religious or spiritual ritual or community. The church literally shut her out in the midst of her greatest need. So on top of her physical hurt, on top of her financial hurt, there was spiritual hurt. There was church hurt. And as if that wasn't already enough, text tells us she was, she was forbidden from even touching anyone because of her condition. Society wouldn't allow her to even touch anyone. Can you imagine not having any human contact for 12 years, to not be able to touch anyone for 12 years? Introverts are like, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> go on. But, not, but honestly, like imagine that, not being able to hug, like I tell you, I'm our church is one of the huggiest churches in the world. Like not being able to hug your friends, not being able to hold your child. That, that she was, you can you understand the level of suffering that she was carrying. And yet she breaks through all of those societal stigmas, all of those religious rules. And what does it say that she does? She touches Jesus. She reaches out to do the thing that she was not allowed to do. She touches Jesus, but it says that she touched the outside, the edge of his robe. This woman who had been rejected, who had been alone, who herself had been on the outside, reached for that outside corner of Jesus's robe. And her plan was pretty simple. It was to go unnoticed, just get my healing and get out. Just get what I think this Jesus can do and get out. Because what else do I have at this point? I have no other options but this Jesus. But her plan didn't go according to plan. Verse 45. Look what Jesus says. He says, who touched me? <laughs> like, now remember a second ago, the, the crowds were pressing in, but Jesus specifically says, no, 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 no. Someone just touched me in a different kind of way. Who just touched me? And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master Jesus, look, the, the people, I mean, it's the crowd. They're, they're, they're pressing in on you and against you. But Jesus said, no, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Healing power has transferred. There's been a transaction of faith to healing. Someone touched me. Someone reached out and touched me. And it's not that Jesus is irritated in this moment. He's not angry he wasn't looking to accuse. He wanted to affirm. He wanted to acknowledge this person's faith. And so look what happens in verse 47. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, her plan failed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all those people, she told why she had touched him and how she'd been healed instantly. And then I love this. She pours out her whole life. She pours out her whole story, right? She just comes clean, pours out her whole story, tells the whole truth behind what she was up to, and in the process is made whole. 
not just healed, but made whole. Because that's what we see in verse 48. Look what Jesus says to her. He says, oh, daughter. Now look at that. Daughter. See the dignity? See the love? Oh, daughter. Not a random stranger. Not a member of the crowd. Daughter. Your faith has healed you. Now go in peace. Be at peace. You have suffered too much for too long. Be at peace. Jesus wasn't put off by her pushiness. He wasn't bothered by her boldness. He wasn't concerned that she was unclean. He was moved by her faith, moved by her reaching out. And because of that, she was healed and she was made whole. And one of the many reasons why I I love this story is because it, it, it shows both parts of being whole. It gives us a a picture of both parts, what it means to have both parts of being whole. For those of us who've experienced church hurt of any kind, the hope is to be made whole, right? That hurt took something from you. And the desire is, I want to be made whole again. I want to be whole. That's our desire. And in relationship with Jesus, when it comes to being whole, it really comes down to two parts. And if you want to be whole, you got to think in kind of these parts. And the first part is your part. The first part, as we saw in this story, is your part. You, like the woman in this story, need to reach out in faith. You need to reach out in faith for your healing. Reach out to God. Reach out for support. Reach out for help. But you gotta, you've got to reach out in faith, believing that God can and will heal you. That it's not only possible, it's promised. And I want to be really clear. When I say it takes you reaching out. Here's what I don't mean. I don't mean you reaching out to the person that hurt you or the church that hurt you. That may come. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not that. What we see in her story is her reaching out to Jesus. It's you reaching out to God for the healing that he has for you. And look, I know that when you've been spiritually abused, when you've been hurt by the church, the last thing you want to do is anything else. I, I just don't know if I got, cool, I got to reach out. I don't even know if I have it in me to do that because you've already gone through so much. And look, can I, just, can I just say a word? Like if you're feeling that like, man, I don't even know if I got it in me to reach out. Can I just say something to you? And I want you to pay attention to this. You're here. <laughs> you're here. You're here. You haven't quit. I don't think you know how powerful that is. As beat up, as abused, as mistreated as you may feel, you didn't give up on God. You're here. And that shows far more faith than you may even know. And it's no small thing. And I just want to encourage you, would you be willing to just reach out and say, God, I believe you can, and I believe you will heal this hurt. I believe it. I believe it. Because the reason it's so important that we got to reach out is because what do I love to do when I'm hurt? Do you know what I love to do? My first reaction is not to reach out to God. Do you know what it is? It's to hold on to that hurt. And I somehow convince myself that I can hurt them by holding on to this hurt. It's a terrible strategy. Or we can hide behind our hurt. Or we can hold others at a safe distance because of our hurt. 
I don't know if I'll ever trust you again. I can't trust churches again. I can't trust small groups again. I can't. And so we get to keep everyone at a safe distance by holding on to our hurt. And lots of times we're keeping people at a distance who had nothing to do with our hurt and who hurts you. That's why we have to decide like the woman in that story to reach out in faith. That is your part. And only you can do that part. Only you can reach out in faith. And the next part is God's part. And only God can do the next part. And God's part is simply this. It's what he promises he will do. He will heal you in whole. Period. He will heal you completely in whole. The Bible tells us that God is our healer. He's the one who not only restores, but he redeems. He's the one who binds up all our wounds. He's the one who makes all things new, even and including you. That's what only he can do and he will do. He's done it in my life and he's done it in the lives of so many others who are part of this church. He's done it through this church. This imperfect church has helped by God's grace to heal other people's church hurt. I've seen him do it. I've seen how God can heal people and make them whole because that's who God is. That's what he can do. Listen to me. God can heal what the church has hurt. Do you believe that? That God can actually heal what the church, not him, what the church hurt. Your hurt, he can heal it. The hurt that breaks his heart, he can heal it. And it's important to note that, that the miracle of healing that we just saw in this story and the miracle of healing that God wants to do in your life does not look the same for everyone. Just like hurt doesn't look the same for everyone, healing doesn't look the same for everyone. And even though this woman in the story was healed instantly, that may not be your story. And it may take some time. And God's healing work often does. It takes time. You continuing to show up and reach out and trust that God will do the healing work that only he can do. And the reason I know that God will do it, that he will heal and whole, is because all I can tell you is he's done it for me. That's my testimony. That's church, church right there. That's my story. He's done it for me. Remember that story I told you a little bit ago? about the, the, the pastor who had so much influence in my life after hearing that I'd be going to Chicago to a Christian university told me that I was listening to the devil. Yeah, that story. Remember that one? Well, you know, it took me about six months to even understand what had happened, what that was, what he did. It took me about six months to really name how that hurt me, how much trust had been broken, how I found it hard. I questioned any spiritual authority in my life. Wait, if this person can do that, how can I trust anyone? And I remember deciding after months and months of holding that hurt, I just didn't, I didn't want to carry it anymore. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be actually to be made whole. And so with some spiritual support from some new friends that I had made here in Chicago, I decided to forgive that pastor, to be free, to forgive that pastor for what they said and for what they did, to name it as wrong and hurtful and forgive them. I chose as best I could to forgive that church for not being God. It's not God. And to forgive that pastor for not being Jesus. He's not perfect. He's a mixed bag just like me. And I'm telling you, God freed me. He freed me up. That part of trust that was broken was made whole again by God. But it, it took me doing my part. I had to reach out for God's healing so that I could actually experience that wholeness. It took some space. It, it took some time. It took some support. But God took my faith. God took my hurt heart, and he actually did what seemed impossible for me, healed me. He restored me. He made me whole. 
And he's done it again and again and again, and he can do it for you. I'm telling you, God can heal what the church has hurt. He can heal it. It's not only possible, it's promised. And if you're carrying any sort of church hurt, and even as I've talked about it, you're like, yeah, I didn't walk in here thinking that's me, but that's me. That's why. That explains it. Or any level of spiritual abuse, I want to let you know that, as I said a little bit ago, we've created a sacred, safe space for you to reach out, to begin doing that healing work in the context of a loving community. We want to help you do just that. So for the next couple of weeks, right after each gathering, after the nine, after the 11, here in our building, we've created some sacred, safe spaces. We have a therapist and a prayer warrior and people who've done their own work who are there to lead and guide just some conversation, some connection, so that you can actually know that you are not alone. And all they're going to do is help you take that next step with God. And sometimes we just need to be around some others to go, okay, it's not just me and this is possible. And so if you're interested in that or you want to get some information about that, again, it's real simple. It's right after this gathering, right here in this building. But here's what you can do. Would you grab your phone and take it out right now? And this may be something you want to share for someone else. You can grab it for them. All you have to do is text 31996. So you just text in 31996, one word, care. That's it. 31996, care. And all we'll do is just send you the information. Here's where we meet. Here's what we do. We're only going to do it for a couple weeks, so we don't want you to miss it. But 31996 and just that word, care. And we'll, we'll keep mentioning it so you know. We're going to do it. If you, maybe you don't feel ready or safe to do that today, we're going to do it for the next couple of weeks because your healing matters that much to us. You deserve to be healed and made whole. It's worth it. Pushing through, reaching out is worth it. You are actually worth it. Because I believe, honestly, down, listen, down in my bones, that's what I believe, that this beautiful and broken thing called the church is actually called to be in the world. It's what this redemptive and dysfunctional family of God can actually bring to each other and bring to this world. That what if rather than holding on to our hurt or hiding behind our hurt, we actually pursued the healing that God promises? Because we, we know, we, we somehow believe that our healing, our healing, my healing, may be a part of someone else's healing. That as I do this healing work with God, it may help someone else pursue their healing work with God. It may heal them too. See, here's the thing that I've found to be true in my life. It's why it's so important we do this work with God. Maybe you found this to be true in your life. I've found that hurt people who are healing heal people who are hurting. Thank you, God, that hurt people who are healing, who are doing that healing work with God, you know what they end up doing? Healing people who are hurting. I've seen it. I've benefited from it. I bet you have too. Haven't you ever you seen someone go through a major transformation in their life? You've seen God work in their life and you look at their life and go, I want that. I want some of that. Or maybe you've experienced some healing in your life, some transformation in your life, and you've seen how it's changed the tone, it's changed the atmosphere of your marriage, of your family, of your relationships. That's what happens. This hurt people who are healing heal people who are hurting. It allows us to be what Henry Nowen so beautifully and brilliantly called us, to be wounded healers in this world. And that's what God longs for his church to be. That his church would no longer be known as a place where people go and get hurt, but where hurt people go and get healed. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church that I want to be in. And I want my healing and your healing to spur healing on in the lives of others, to begin to heal the city, 
telling you, it's possible. And look, if you're new around here and you're like, man, is it this heavy every week? Yeah, no, this is just a starter. Get ready, buckle up. <laughs> but if you're new and you're, and you're wanting to check out this church and you're exploring this church, can I just save you some time real quick and just let you know? We're a mixed bag here. We're a mixed bag. There's a lot of beautiful things God says. There's a lot of broken things about this church. But one thing that I know to be true, one thing I thank God for in this church is that we want to be a place of healing, of healing as best we can. We want you to experience the healing that God not only promises for your life, but he says is yours. It is yours if you would just reach out. We believe God for your healing. And we believe that as God heals you, it will heal others. Just watch, it will. So I'm gonna ask you to stand. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna close out our time by singing together. Fabi told you about that posture of prayer that we take around here earlier where we just open our hands and maybe you'd be willing to do that. Just open your hands. And I just wanna pray that we'd be able to hear from the Father's heart, the Father's love right now in this moment. So will you join me in prayer? God, thank you. That, that you, God, thank you that you don't love your church more than you love your people. You love the church, but you don't love the church more than you love me or more than you love my brothers and sisters here. You love us. And so God, would you, would you help this church? Would you heal this church? Would you help this church be a place of healing and hope for others as imperfect as we are? As we said about this redemptive work, would you redeem your church, God? And would you help us bring healing into the lives of others? That the work you're doing in us would be a work that they then can see and receive for their own life. And thank you, God, that it ultimately all comes down to your love. You love us, you love us, you love us. And you want us to be healed, and you want us to be whole, and you want us to live in peace. And our world desperately needs that, and so do we. So, Father, we ask you to pour out your love, pour out your love, do a healing work, do a softening work right now in this place, we pray. Amen.